0: You're listening to SAS Nordic, the sassiest podcast in the Nordics. Hi, I'm Daniel and I'm Thomas, and we are experienced SAS professionals that are curious about how other successful SAS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams and great products.
1: Join us on our journey as we speak to Nordic SAS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce.
0: And today's guest is Lisa Kruse, the founder at Holy Comms.
2: Don't sit in the lap of the tech giants way too much. So build from your own channels as much as you can. And please look at your own channels with a really critical eye. Um, Do you have content that feels old there? Then you need to, to kind of mix it up and you need to create something new.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Sass podcast. We are thankful as always that you are with us. We hope that you are fine, that you sleep well, that you eat well, that you exercise and everything is just, you know, as
1: it should be. Wow, it's a hallelujah moment. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a first in the podcast and does it have anything to do? So if you're listening to this, like I think I know where this is coming from. Thomas has been on a health run. No,
0: lack of sleep, <laughs> lack of exercise. <laughs> Well, I eat well and much, I guess, and, and uh, well, also, uh, you might listen to this podcast while you're exercising, while you are eating, hopefully not when you're sleeping, right. but
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, here we are again. Anyway, Thomas, let's give uh, the audience uh, a personal uh, little tidbit here into your life. Like, <laughs> what is your favorite food?
0: Lamb chops, I would say, with a... Uh, pita salad and tzatziki and, and so I, I think that's right now
1: okay lamb chops lamb chops so if you if somebody wants to invite you for dinner lamb chop is is the way to your heart
0: i'll be there i'll be there there you go and what about you the uh, lamb chops is good you seem to me like a burger
1: guy yes <laughs> yes like you know I, I'm, I'm not american but i like american food kind of speaks to me barbecue ribs burgers It's like whatever gets your cholesterol levels through the roof, that's me.
0: It seems like we are longing for summer again here, (laughs) going into the the Nordic winter. Okay, this was a little bit more off script than usual. Uh, So back to reality, back to the SAS Nordic community and so on. Uh, We have an exciting time in front of us. We are working a lot with what's coming for next year with the different networks. We have the CEO network and the executive network where we we take in applications right now. If you're interested, head over to sasmodic.com under Communities and you can apply there now. Also planning for next year's big event, SASE's 2023 You can go to sassiest2023.com if you're interested to participate, or maybe you want to be an event partner. There are still some spots left, I think, when this program is Yep. But what do we have to look forward to today, then?
1: We have a very interesting uh, episode that is, I think, spot on, also timing-wise. We're going to talk a little bit to uh, a marketing expert about what we all need to prepare and think of as we are more or less moving into a recession, but we still need to move our businesses forward. We still need to grow and all of these things. Like, what do you need to think of when the landscape changes in 2023? That's what we're gonna talk about in the next 30 minutes. All right, let's go.
0: Today we are super happy to have Lisa Kruse, the founder at Holy Combs here at the SAS Nordic podcast. So welcome Lisa.
2: Thank you very much. Really a pleasure to be here.
1: Uh, It's really exciting to have you here and we've had the pleasure to to chit chat a little bit before and you know I I don't mean to put any pressure on you but I have high expectations energy level on this episode here. This is going to be lots of fun. So if you're listening to this buckle up because it's going to be 300 miles an hour.
0: And we know that you're helping a a lot of companies within our community with their marketing. So yeah. We really look forward to pick your brain here.
2: Thank you, thank you, and I'm really obsessed with the entire sauce spear uh, and sauce Nordic, so it's 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 really really fun to to be here and get the pleasure of of, of meeting you both.
1: Awesome, awesome. So why don't we start with uh, a little bit about you? So who is who is Lisa? So tell us a little bit about yourself and your business.
2: Yeah. So from the beginning, uh, I'm a rhetorician, uh, meaning that I was totally uh, unable to be employed uh, by the time that I had studied. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i i, I try to move more into both sales and digital marketing and uh, to, to to be more employable uh and actually came in a little bit into ecom uh, at Apotheke hjärtat in sweden but but also um really fast came into b2b uh and b2b marketing so i i worked as a marketing manager um, globally uh, before uh, starting holy Comms. and um As a private person, uh, that's also kind of what I do (laughs) to run Holy Combs. I'm a mother of two small children, and uh, I run Holy Combs together with my husband, Fredrik. And we are now 33 people, soon 35 at Holy Combs. But we're a startup too, as I know that many of you out there who are listening, are in in that awkward stage between maybe startup and scale up, so uh, I know where I know the struggle.
0: Yeah, that's brave running a business with your partner. So is that something you recommend or?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, probably it's it's like um, this is like a um, kind of number combination thing. It's so weird that it works because so much needs to be aligned, right? You need to have both. Be able to work together <laughs> on 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 a relationship level, but also have the competences that matches uh, each other and and want to do the same thing. So yeah, for us, it's it's the best thing. Uh, it's really hard sometimes, though. You're in the same boat, literally. Uh, but you also it's 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 also easy when you have a family uh because you don't have to compete with each other okay both our schedules are really aligned and what's important to for, for Frederick is important to me and and the opposite way around too so yeah that makes it easy but also scary at points you know of course so i have a lot of respect for everyone who runs a company because i know <laughs> i know the feeling uh if things go bad uh we tend to kind of get a little paranoid right because yeah. we have the entire family in the business.
0: And you're describing yourselves at Holcomb as a mass agency. So, what is that?
2: Well, it's um, we usually, in any other space than this, I would say that we're obsessed with SaaS, <laughs> but I don't dare to say that here. <laughs> uh, but, but we are extremely inspired by the entire universe that, that you are building and that everyone that is listening is building because you put The user and the customer central, right? Uh, My industry doesn't do that. So we never did that when it comes to communication. The communication agency world builds itself around, you know, fancy prices and and doing the the coolest things and the coolest job. And it needs to be so expensive to be good, um, which in in our point of view, this blocks uh, growth, for uh well we are based in the Nordics and, and Sweden uh, mainly but, but this this is all around the globe, right? If if communications services aren't cheaper and easily more easily bought than they are today, um companies won't grow as fast as they need to grow. So we want to change that. And so we just look towards how uh product companies and tech companies do to to kind of the the entire disposition of them which we want to mimic that. So we have product owners, we have product areas, uh, we have uh, you know we we of course we have a subscription based model too. Uh, obviously, it's really tricky. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, of course we have <laughs> right <laughs> and uh, and and we surround ourselves a lot with SaaS companies. Because they are our customers, too. Uh, but so, yeah, we take a lot of lunches with them and ask them about all your weird metrics <laughs> and KPIs and, and things. And then we try to implement them at all comes. So, yeah, that's that's us. Um, so, uh, yeah, marketing as a service has actually been a thing in the United States for quite some time. But as usually, it takes maybe a decade and then it comes to, to the Nordics, right?
1: Right, right. So tell us a little bit about... Uh who you're primarily working with so if if i am a saas company what is a good saas company for you and what will you do for me
2: yeah yeah, the, the weird answer to that is that we actually work with both really, really small uh, players that are new on the market. They need more help strategically. and uh, They need us to almost mimic an external marketing department because they don't have anything. And then we need to help them with everything from putting together the brand strategy. Some of them may even need the a logotype, right? Um, usually when it comes to your world, this is a really fast-paced going uh, industry, right? Uh, and a niche industry so they usually have a CMO in place. Then our strategists at Holy Combs can be more maybe the devil's advocates and be someone to, to bounce ideas off. Uh, and then we help more with production. It can be everything, all kinds of content production, all kinds of PR. Uh, usually, it all goes into each other, uh, our customers tend to need uh, some hours with uh, our PR people, some hours with our filmmakers, some hours with our writers, and so it's just like a big, big mix of uh, of competences we have here, uh, that you can just pick and choose from in, within your subscription.
0: Well, I think we got you and have a pretty good idea what you're doing, and we would like to segue into the main topic here. and. I mean, I, I think we all see that we have a recession in front of us and uh, there will be changes for many companies. And this is a big question, but uh, what do you hear? What do you hear when you talk to people? How is this going to affect the uh, SaaS marketers uh, next year here?
2: Yeah, I, I can sense people being scared, mostly. I can sense them feeling that they are locked in into a mix that they have been pretty cocky about (laughs) and confident about that they built something that worked within their marketing and now they have to do this with less money (laughs) they have to to do it with less people and they have to get better results from it so uh, they're confused they're sometimes a little scared they some they are sometimes also you know they they they're lacking uh, sleep from this uh, i would say and that that's maybe not the most positive uh, outlook on it but but what i really want you to, to to talk about uh, and to to spread the word about is that there's no need to feel that way and uh, this is actually something that they will benefit from in the long run uh, i'm really certain about this
1: okay that's that's interesting to hear like we we're going to dig into that like how can we all benefit from this recession how can we all come out on top but let's take a look a little bit so like what do you see and, and what do you tell people when they come to you and say I'm a little bit nervous if I'm going to be able to produce as much or hit my numbers and so on as a marketeer what changes do you foresee if we start with let's let's look at a marketer and her organization yeah do you foresee anything changing there
2: yes I do uh, since a lot of the budgets today when it comes to this space uh, has been used for for well both people. So you have a lot of headcounts and then you have a lot of media spend. And as always with campaigns, you want the most part uh, of the budget to go into the media spend. And I do believe that there has been maybe a lack of creativity when it comes to this, because you would probably have an owner or a CEO on one shoulder and then you would have uh, investors on the other shoulders and they will they will kind of just kind of scream channels at you <laughs> and they can scream everything from build community to uh, Google is the answer to uh, product marketing, product-led marketing <laughs> and so they will just scream buzzwords at you and you try to, to maybe please them a little bit but maybe as a CMO uh, you really believe Long term, that PR will work, so you kind of get it into the mix too. So today, uh, what what we focus on when we talk talk uh, right with these these uh, marketeers is to dare to scale it down. Uh, and the, this this is uh, maybe a little uh, strange um, um, uh, uh, metaphor, but you need to kind of be uh, Marie Kondo. Uh, I know that Daniel and uh, Thomas we discussed Marie Kondo a little bit before for anyone who's listening <laughs> who doesn't know You should
1: see my wardrobe you'd be surprised.
2: <laughs> yeah. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know who this is so this is kind of a genius uh, uh, profile look look her up on Google or Netflix. She she helps uh, people all over the world to to, to, to get more aligned with the, what they have in their closet. so uh, and, and and what what kind of crap they have there that they need to sort out because we all have that. So the the idea is just to take all of the clothes out from the closet, put it on the bed or put it wherever, and then you're only allowed to bring back what really sparks joy into the closet. So only the best pieces and only the things that hurts to think of that, that you would give away. Uh, and, and and so the Marie Kondo uh, metaphor is, is really important when it comes to this stage for, for these CMOs and companies because they need to take everything out and they only get to bring back what, what they really believe in and what they really see actually brings value um, to, to today. So, because they, they need to be more profitable, uh, but still they need to think long term because we have so much proof in marketing that I strongly believe that tech companies overall and the SaaS community, maybe a little bit more than others, uh, have been ignoring a little bit too much. We know that, that long term branding and creativity is important to build trust uh, and to you can run fast now, but you need to, to be able to focus on being able to run run fast in the future too
1: right
0: yeah and and i mean uh, i think you you need to be positive and joyous otherwise you you will be there with an empty closet right (laughs) 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 so so hopefully you find joy in some of the activities or things that you are doing
2: yes and and a thing that is important is also to 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 actually to, to have that hard discussion with the people that are sitting on your shoulders, screaming, whether it's a CEO or an owner or an investor or all three of them, uh, to sit down and say, "Okay, guys, <laughs> we will now do this um, much cheaper, but we will then need to be extremely focused. So we need to pick and choose what we really believe in. Right. Um, we, we need to, to to own that, and we need to try it out and to uh, to, to have some guts to say that um, yeah uh, that that we believe in it."
1: Yeah. And I know it's, it's not a one size fits all, all companies are different and, and you know the areas and the forums where they meet the customers can vary so much, but have you seen any general trends in terms of focus areas and future channels or activities that you think will be something that everybody will keep in their closet, or maybe you even recommend that everybody keeps that in their closet. Yeah, sneak peeks in,
0: in people's closets. So have you seen anything?
2: Yes, I have, I have. Uh, so the, the futuristic uh, closet that everyone needs to buy <laughs> ASAP, uh, it includes, it, it totally includes um, uh, newsletters. And so the people that are listening, please don't turn us off right now, <laughs> because newsletters, it, it, it sounds extremely old, I know, these are like QR codes from my perspective. People tried to use it; it didn't work. Everyone thought that QR codes was uh, wasn't cool, and then it died, and then it came back, and now it's all over. Now nobody can say that it's not useful, right? Uh, and it's the same thing with newsletters. We tried it out. If you are a B2B SaaS company, you tried it out, and it's boring, and and oh, it's so low conversion rate <laughs> and such. But look how ecom uh, tried to 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 manage this. Space, what they did was to to gain uh, a lot of revenue from it but they also came to the conclusion pretty fast that you need to add value within the newsletters. Otherwise, you, you don't get people opening them up more. You can't just, just talk about, about prices and discounts. And it's the same within B2B. And the trend that I'm seeing, it comes extremely strong from the United States with paid newsletters. So the technology is extremely smart when it comes to newsletters today. So you can have it really, really segmented in in, in regards of what you see and how you measure it and how you connect it to your CRM and so. Meaning that in the States, um, companies put so much effort into their newsletters that they are actually starting to tar- to charge uh, people uh, f- uh, for, for, for getting it. So this is called paid newsletters. Google it and you will see the trend for yourself. Um, being mostly based in the Nordics and in Europe, I haven't really seen this, um, but it will hit like a massive bomb I think in our markets so so get ready um, just as a kind of funny, uh, f- funny funny, thing about the trend is that even celebrities and influencers in the United States they are starting newsletters right now to uh, as maybe a protest towards Meta and their algorithms so for example Jennifer Lopez doing her comeback she started on the JLo it's um, a really niche uh, newsletter where she, uh, <laughs> where she came out with the news that she and her and Ben Affleck are uh, getting uh, get, getting married uh, so and, and then all of the media presses um, talk about the newsletter instead of uh, you know Instagram or, or whatever so, uh, so look this up and be inspired and because this is a really cheap channel to run you own all the data so that's one thing uh, another big trend coming from China is key opinion leaders KOLs this is also a really um, old trend in china but it didn't really reach us here yet and this is what we usually call personal branding maybe when it comes to spokespersons but you and or influencer marketing but you can have key opinion leaders that are both customers that are people circling your question and you use them within your marketing um, so, so for example, um, uh, building a community and adding people in there that gains value. This is key opinion leadership, but this is what you guys do here in this podcast, for example, and within your entire community. So
1: that's why you're here today.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're on the trend, yeah. uh, and you have your newsletter. So everyone should just look towards how <laughs> how Daniel and Thomas is building South Nordic, and you're pretty good to go with with the closet.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting, and we're probably going to dig into both of these uh trends and focus areas if we just take a moment to talk a little bit about the newsletters yeah uh, I, I like what you said there that you know it's, it's a channel that you suddenly own you're not dependent on an external channel
2: exactly but
1: i think there's a, a challenge before that how do i actually get people into my newsletter when when if i haven't run it before like is there a secret way uh, a silver bullet for me to get that flying rather quickly
2: yeah, uh, I, I know that this this may be really annoying to the listeners because you want everything to be optimized all the time also but it all depends on how many how how big is your target group how many possible customers do you have out there Uh, if you have a really niche target group it could be easy to get a really good list going by actually uh, actually finding the email addresses manually and adding them to the list that usually goes faster Uh, you can just do it and listen to a podcast or whatever at the same time Uh, but but if you get them in there and you create your perfect list, uh, manually um, handpicked, um, it will still not be enough if the content isn't good enough. So when it comes to the content, please think of the newsletters 2.0 as a media channel. So. It needs to have a name, it needs to have a, uh, you have a need to have a strategy and a plan for what kind of content you bring in there. Do not talk about yourself too much. If you do it, do it like in a, maybe in a niche um, a newsletter that, that, that is a newsletter about you that you can send to people and not maybe to all of the new ones. But think of it as an online magazine. That's when it becomes interesting. So you are now a media channel and you need to own that.
1: Yes, very much. Three ways
0: to fail in sales, brought to you by Membrane. One, clog your pipeline. The fuller it is, the uh, fuller you feel. Tip two, never use a plan. Predictability, that's eh, just boring. Three, forget the CRM. Probably sucks anyway. If you're ready to take control of your sales and make how you sell your competitive advantage, try Membrane for free today at Membrane.com. Just one thing that I'm thinking about here when when you're talking about building that email list, is there something you need to think about, you know, who can you actually put on that email list? Is it customers that you already have or that you have some kind of communication with before or can you just, you
2: know, add people there? well you you need to to respect the law uh, so so you need to you need to dig in a little bit to GDPR if you haven't already <laughs> and you should have been right but, but not everyone has been so just 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 look it up a little bit more but there's actually a lot of email marketing that you can do uh, and respect the law just you need to be be able to to, to write to, to people why they get it and they need to be able to unsubscribe uh, and search but yeah you you actually you, I would say that mainly if. If your business and your possibility of, of growth in, in a profitable way is both by, by, by retaining your customers and growing on them by up sales, but also gaining new ones, you need to have separate strategies for, for new biz and for existing customers. And I would say that a start would be to, to, to put them into two lists. But then I'm all for creating what may sound like a monster <laughs> of email uh, e- email flows. because And, and I'm, I'm talking about marketing automation here because this is a really cheap and good way to be in contact to make sure that you stay on top uh, of the data. Meaning that you may have some, some uh, people and targets on one list that has said no to, to becoming a customer. Uh, but then you can kind of overlook uh, how they are uh, engaging in the content. And then you can contact them when it's time uh, or bring them some some possibility to to meet you uh, through the emails. So, yeah, segment it uh, to, to death, I would say.
0: <laughs> Put time and effort in, in uh, how you work with email marketing. There is a lot of different opportunities there, as I understand
2: it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So... Are there other channels that you would recommend people to look into more uh, besides email marketing?
2: Yeah, I I really strongly believe, and I know that uh, Daniel is an advocate for this too, don't sit in the lap of the tech giants way too much. So build from your own channels as much as you can. And please look at your own channels with a really critical eye. Um, Do you have content that feels old there then you need to to kind of mix it up and you need to create something new and and Uh, a tip here is to look towards how content marketing has been developing developing in the United States because we can see that they put so much more time and love and effort into every single piece so for example an article yes it can be SEO optimized too but it's also a really good reading piece that could be printed out as a magazine which actually (laughs) strange enough now is becoming really trendy (laughs) Uh, so when (laughs) you
0: say own channels what are you talking about that is that your website or what is that
2: yeah for example what we used to call a blog uh, so if you name your blog something else uh, maybe a name that 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 brings the mind towards uh, maybe a tv show or something a concept uh, as we call it in in our world okay and it becomes much more exciting to, and fun to follow um, and then also of course your social media channels if you have sales reps working, which mostly have, because it's really tricky to 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 sell everything digitally, especially with a low budget, make sure that they use the content for social selling. That's also a really cheap channel, and it's also good momentum to use LinkedIn uh, for B2B, because... It's a great channel and they have massive growth when it comes to to more users every year. Uh, But people, sorry to say, but most people really suck on LinkedIn. Uh, So so you shouldn't then say that the channel is bad, which many do. You should see it as a possibility to be one of the only interesting people uh, at the mingle with your possible clients. Um, And the algorithm is really easy, too. Since people are bad at using it, I would say uh, that may sound a little harsh, but I believe that is pretty close to the truth, though.
1: Hey, I gotta ask you then, like you know, I don't think we figured out the algorithm. What is the LinkedIn algorithm? Like, give us the top three things we, we need to figure out right now.
2: Yeah, really putting me on the spot here, but my my how I have gotten to know the algorithm at least. It's it's like a, you should think of it as a friend who's really there for you if you show show them that that you really care for some time and you need to to show the algorithm that you care with with being consistent so post something that it just isn't a repost that is something that actually brings value at least once a week and do this over time you need to put in maybe three months or more for the algorithm to start to trust you but once they start to trust you and see that you are a good user uh, it's, it's really basic you post engaging things, you answer comments, you comment, uh, um, you comment on other people's posts, you use the LinkedIn messages function, you use all the functions that the platform asks you to use. So if they say, hi, you forgot to fill in this. Fill it in because that's a little hint from your very nice friend here. <laughs> so if you do this and this and put put in some time, the algorithm will start to 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 be a really nice friend to you. And maybe even when you don't really deserve it, they will still uh, still show your posts. So uh, many um, uh, we, I'm one of these, but one of the people that feel this way. But many many of our customers do too. That you get to certain levels on LinkedIn, so you can see that. Um, you get to a level where you get maybe two thousand views, and then you get to another level, and then you have to wait, and you have to just hang in there. So think of it as the gym. Maybe yeah. you won't get results from the beginning, but you need. To I monitor. think
0: what you should think about it. Do you know what you're gonna think about it? It's the modern day Tamagotchi.
2: <laughs> yes. I don't know. Do you
0: know yes. Tamagotchi? What what it was?
2: Yes. Yes, I had a bunch. <laughs> These
0: uh, old digital things that you should feed, and so yeah, it, it sounds like uh, pretty much similar thing.
2: Yeah, it
1: is. Yeah, and actually, we just recently did a check, and uh, like we're rather competitive here in this our our little organization, and we spoke to a CEO that claimed uh, his LinkedIn game was off the charts and you could measure the score i can't recall what the score was called but there's this social score
2: yeah the social selling index
1: and uh, unfortunately thomas beat me there uh but uh, i i guess he he checked more of the boxes he has you know some some percentages higher than us but I I think there's a way like it was re- really nice to see like where you come in strong and where you come in short.
2: Yeah, it it is, and also a thing that you need to keep in mind. Now I'm talking of the algorithm as uh, pretty dumb. <laughs> it, it's only that because LinkedIn, if you just I, I go back um, every now and then and look look how they they actually update their their expression of what LinkedIn is every once in a while. And so I try to look to that because that's what the platform wants us to do. And they want you to build relationships. They want you to interact with other people. And since people aren't doing this, the algorithm can't be too too tough. It can't be Instagram and it can't be Facebook. Um, so 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 don't underestimate it. And, and sorry to say, but many people underestimate it. So you would have some, what I see as gaps in the algorithm, meaning that... If, if people engage in the post, it will be seen more and then you will think that this was really good content. So people put, put up sometimes little two private posts there you will get many likes perhaps or roses emojis if you put in that your dog died but it's not it does it really build your brand so be a little sharper choose your topic and be consistent with that uh, and don't fool yourself that that <laughs> that linkedin and everyone that you're an influencer just because your dog died <laughs> um, and also another thing that i just wanted to say
0: you don't have unlimited uh, number of dogs
2: no <laughs> exactly <laughs> they will all die (laughs)
0: But uh, if we look uh, forward here, what requirements um, should you put on a marketer now in a recession, would you say?
2: I would say that um, if you scale down someone's budget and they have to scale down on headcounts, you need to be much more creative with who does what on the marketing department. So if you scale down also the media spend and you scale up more on own channels that are cheaper, someone needs to do the job uh, and someone needs to create. And sometimes you will need a specialist for that, maybe not full-time, but you will need a specialist and you can take help if you want to. But the people that you have within the marketing department, they need to roll up their sleeves and they are most likely very willing to do this but then as um, a company owner or a CEO you need to cut them some slack too because it takes time to do all of the nitty-gritty things just just running a newsletter for example you need to add links and try them out and test them it's really manual labor but somebody needs to do it and now maybe your CMO needs to do it or maybe your SEM technician needs to do it Uh, so just think wisely who should do what when it comes to these tasks for example, if you have an, an SEM or an SEO technician who works uh, internally and you will cut down on the budget, so this is an analytical person, so that person can do something else when it comes to the numbers. Uh, and then maybe you have um, a content creator who is a writer, and this writer uh, can easily learn PR, even though it doesn't feel uh, like their home space, maybe they can learn it. So you need to. to just kind of use what you have and see people more as generalists, even though if they are specialized, uh, they you need to kind of tap out of that and work as a department and as a team, I would say.
1: Yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense to us, actually. And I'm also curious, you know, we're talking about uh, the organization, the channels, you know, what you may need to focus on and some things you need to toss out. Yeah. I think one of the trends that we might have seen is that our space is very trend sensitive when there's something cool, then everybody tends to do it or want to do it, but how do you actually then stand out? Like, well, so what is your tips for standing out in, among the, you know, huge noise of communication out there?
0: And don't say something too good here because then we're going to do it and then you don't stand out anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is also probably one of the most annoying answers that you will get from me because I strongly, I kind of have this, <laughs> this image when it comes to, to, to the SaaS community that you're really good at uh, playing, Simon says. So everyone follows each other and you should because you have so many metrics and numbers and KPI and techniques that that, that you can copy from others. And you may even have the sim- a similar customer base and a similar product. But when it comes to marketing, this is the entire entirely wrong way of going about it you can't look towards how your 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 um, your competitors or friends within the sas community is doing because you need to have a unique marketing mix so there will be no silver bullet for anyone you will need to you have you have to scale down everyone needs to scale down right and you may be you may have been choosing three channels that make sense for you maybe one that you know is driving revenue short term maybe one that you that you have a sense or some proof will drive uh, revenue long term and then maybe something that you you try out, uh, right? Because <laughs> marketing people <laughs> never wants to, to, to have a boring job too. They always have an idea of, of what's on the next step, right? Yeah. So you would have these and then you also would have things on your list kind of that you need to do on the backlog like normal marketing stuff that needs to be done, but that won't drive revenue today. But the people need a sales presentation or a sales deck or, you know, whatever um, that that you need to do. So, Please be aware that it's not a good thing to look towards how other people are doing. I can see this a lot in the SaaS um, uh, world, that people are looking towards each other for everything from branding. So everyone looks the same. Everyone uses the same uh, channels and metrics and are obsessed with that. So dare to find your own way. Nobody's. um, So this is is just like (laughs) running a company (laughs) with your spouse. Does it work or does it not? (laughs) It's different for everyone. So you will have a unique mix.
0: All right. So uh, we've heard a lot of uh, great advice here. So if you would try to sum it up in, in sort of three bullet points here, uh, what to think about here during next year and the recession in different areas, what would be your number three tips to to our listeners?
2: Yeah, I would say that First of all, please stay obsessed with what you're already obsessed with on the top level. That is the goal and that is the customer. So you know all about these two, right? And you need to build from that. And you can only use what you really, really believe in. So you can maybe you can only have three, <laughs> three, three items in your closet. So which ones will they be? And do that. Use them really, really well. Find different combinations and measure them. Be obsessed with them. And then when you get results from them, it will be much, it much, will feel much better to put in, uh, you know, more more gas in the engine, so to speak, and it will be easier and, and feel more comfortable for, for everyone at the co- company. So think uh, of Marie Kondo or, <laughs> you know, try out with your own class at first if you need some practice, right? Um, and then also um, drop some respect for everyone being a specialist. I believe that everyone will, even the specialist will need to, to, to learn more because it's a really fast paced going environment and you need to to be able to to do more things and you can't just do one thing when it comes to the, these times right now um and and also just be patient and dare to to choose a really few things it will feel really scary i'm sure it will feel like you're putting all the eggs in one basket but please bear in mind that you have <laughs> have had way too many baskets before and now maybe you can have three And then maybe you can have more, but first you need more eggs in them, right? Uh, Yeah, that would be my top advice.
0: Okay, super. And before we say thank you and uh, see you soon again, is there anyone that uh, you would like us to have on the show here? um, A person that you look up to or think would be interesting for our listeners?
2: Uh, yes, um, I, I would say uh, Emily Lindheden at uh, Junium, uh, who is uh, an amazing uh, customer of ours, uh, who I really uh, look up to. She's she's. I mean, she's she's extremely intelligent. She's really good at navigating through this space, uh, and she's also really good at seeing how it all uh, comes together when it comes to uh, to B two B sales and and marketing. So yeah, maybe I'm a little nerdy within the marketing field here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she's um, everyone should just copy her, and it will go good. Uh, but don't copy the mix copy her personality <laughs> have have an emily as a cmo and it will all uh, it will all go get, go well but you need a unique mix still
1: fantastic that, that's an amazing shout out thank you yeah
0: okay so thank you lisa for being with us and uh, see you soon again
2: take
1: care take care
0: so daniel what's your takeaways from this episode
1: uh, i think i have a really good one and i have my own twist on it so um uh, Lisa talked a little bit about the the revival of the newsletter and I think we've we've seen that as well you know also with you know Substack entering and all these creators newsletters and emails they're here to stay and I think what I also draw from that is a little bit like you gotta own your audience in your own channel yeah and I know it's not gonna happen tomorrow but I, I think if you just play with the thought that if you can't use LinkedIn or Google ads for some time, do you have a proper mean to reach out and communicate with your target group? If not, I think, I think now is the time to figure that out. You gotta own it in, in your own channel, so to say, and, and your own distribution method. So I, I really believe in, in emails, newsletters and so on. And we see it actually in our world as well. Like, you know, if we wanna drive a certain action, Nothing creates that momentum as when we send out an email. Yeah. What about you, Thomas?
0: I think I'll go for you know, that you might need more uh, multi-skilled marketeers in your organization. So for a long time, there has been more and more specialization, which has its advantages, but when you maybe need to be a little bit more lean, you can repurpose or extend sort of the how you use your own resources. So make sure to, to invest in, in the people that you have in your organization and see, see how they can contribute in new ways. Uh,
1: that makes also a lot of sense, Thomas. And if you are enjoying these sessions, if you're enjoying the podcast that we record and find them useful, please go ahead to whatever player you're using and give us a five star rating. You're also welcome to to reach out to us directly if you have any ideas or suggestions for additional speakers. We're all ears and we do this for you guys.
0: True, and see
2: you soon again.